Well, good morning. You can have a seat. How's everybody doing today? Let me start you out like a Tennessee, Florida boy that I am. Look at somebody left or right. Stare them in the eye and say, all right, all right, all right. Come on, look at the person on the other side of you. They didn't get it. Say, all right, all right, all right. I know some of y'all looking up here like, oh, my, it's like a Medea movie. No, this is real deal up here. Yeah, I know. I'm black from the south. I'm a preacher. It's like chocolate Sunday up in celebration. <laughs> y'all, y'all okay? Some of you are like, he is friends with pastor. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's so good to be here. I've been waiting to come, and it's just amazing. I'm so glad my friend could take some time off. I told him, I said, I got this. I know he's worried. But since I'm from Tennessee, Florida, I live in Florida now. I was born and raised in Tennessee. I graduated from the University of Tennessee in 1987, where I was happy to be called a Tennessee volunteer. Love it, love it, love it. But I thought I'd take you all to Tennessee, let you hear what Sunday sounds like where I'm from. That be all right? I don't think you all ready for this, but...
Come on, look at your neighbor and say, all right, all right, all right. Y'all ain't ready for me. Y'all are not ready. If you got a Bible, turn to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse number 33 is where we're going to read. Y'all. Y'all know what I am, right? I am the biggest, blackest Hallmark greeting card from heaven you will ever see in your entire life. And the title of the card is the title of my sermon. So you got to say it to somebody. Look at that beard. Just stand up and take a bow, please, sir. Just clap, y'all. Look like a weave. I'm sorry, I'm back. It's good, though, dude. That's, look, that's amazing. That's good. So here it is. Everybody look at your neighbor. Look him in the eye and say, everything's going to be all right. Come on, look at the person on the other side. If you say it again, say, everything's going to be all right. So in John chapter 16, verse 33, the Bible says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace in me. Everybody say in me. Say in me. See, you got to find peace in Jesus. You can't find it anywhere else. I'm a dad. I love my child, but I will let that boy down. But I've taught my child to trust Jesus more than me because he ain't never going to let you down. It says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Somebody say amen. Amen. You got to trust Jesus. You got to trust him. You got to let him. And all I want to do in the few moments that I'm with you today is to help you understand that. In John chapter 14, verse number 1, the Bible says this. And this is a good one. This is a good one right here. In John 14, uh uh-oh. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. I'm just ahead of the game. It says, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. God knew you would have days like this. Hey, can I help you out? When I was a kid growing up, church wasn't an option. It's just, there's just, it's like, like, you don't understand. Like in the early service, this lady came up and goes, oh my. I wish my son could have heard you today. I said, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> and she was literally like, oh, no, he at home playing video games. I gave him some. Seriously? Now, I know I probably shouldn't do this, but let me explain how Reggie grew up. It, we had rules. There wasn't a, no one, I didn't have a key to the house. My mom had a key. My dad had a key. Nobody else had a key. Because the rule was, if you ain't in the house at 11 p.m., you need to find somewhere else to stay. Because if you can't get it done by 11, you shouldn't be doing it. See, some of y'all looking like, oh, no, not me. Yeah, right. (laughs) We had a rule on Sunday. You know what Sunday was? You got to be ready when mama's ready. Because if you ain't ready when mama's ready, you're going like you look. Uh, everybody, just say you're going like you look. I, got, I might as well. I, I shouldn't take nine. I don't have a lot of time. But I'm, I'm just, I like you people. So now I'm telling you, see, I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest in the family, right? I got a brother seven years older than me. I, we used to have, share a room, right? So one Sunday morning, dad, 
my mom's dad, and he comes in, he goes, let's go, boys, church. So I jump up, start getting ready. My brother, who was 12, now when you're 12, you a man. <laughs> you 12, I'm 12. I got four hair on my chest. I brush them all. I'm a man. <laughs> so my brother, he, look, he rolled, he looked at me, and he goes, I ain't going. I'm 12. I do what I want. Now, 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 understand, you got to understand, you can't get a visual of this, but my brother, 12, he a man, but he has Batman pajamas on. <laughs> With the hood and everything, all right? So he looked at me, I'm a man, I do what I want, I'm going to, he rolled over and went back to sleep. Literally, the, the, the song came in my head, oh, happy day. <laughs> I got dressed as quiet as I could, and then my dad came in. Now, my dad, big, bald-headed, got a vein right here, pop up and down when he get mad. He looked like a Klingon from Star Trek, all right? He came around the corner, he's like, mama's in the car. And he looked and saw my brother. He looked at me and says, what is this? And I went, he, he said. <laughs> oh, y'all see this coming. <laughs> I wasn't saved. Let's just start with that, all right? I was too little to know Jesus. I said, he said he 12, and he said he do what he want. And he said, ain't no bald-headed black man going to tell him what to do. <laughs> That's what I heard. That's what I heard. And the vein right here just started popping. He looked at me and goes, get in the car. So I didn't want to see it. I had a blood car to come out. I left. And all of a sudden I looked behind me and my dad scoops up my brother. Carries him out. Lays him in the back seat. Looks at me and goes, shh. And we going to church. And my brother looked like Batman. I couldn't wait because they always do that. Are there any visitors here? <laughs> Ooh, Batman, don't fill out a card. We don't want to know. <laughs> we get to the church parking lot, and my dad goes, let's go. My brother's like, ah! <laughs> Batman. <laughs> my mom's looking out the window. I thought she was crying. Later on, I found out she was laughing, all right? My brother's like, no, daddy, please don't. And dad goes, what did we tell you? What did we tell you? If you ain't ready when mom ready, you're going like you look. Let's go to church. I'm out of the car. Let's go to church. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This is a good Sunday right here. And my dad looks back and goes, you be ready next time? He goes, I'll be ready now. Sorry, daddy. And my dad reached under the seat and pulled out clothes. <laughs> See, that's how I grew up. How I grew up. But to help you understand what I'm trying to, I got, I got to take the scripture and help it, help you apply it. So let me just give you this. Now, to do this right, you've got to understand, I'm telling the truth. So everybody touch your neighbor and say, he ain't lying. He ain't say, he telling the truth. Look at your other neighbor and say, he telling the truth. So let's see, here it is. Look, we got to go back. Look, check it out. There's, her name is Tara. Everybody say Tara. Tara is in the eighth grade. Tara played clarinet in the band, was on the volleyball team and on student government. But you know what Tara loved? She loved December 26th to January 1st. You know why? Because her, her mom and dad lived in Dallas. They would get on a plane every December 26th and fly to Denver, Colorado. Get in a rental car, go up in the mountains, and for seven days, go skiing. She loved to ski, especially with her daddy. One time, they got on the first flight out of Dallas. When they got to the ski hood, it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. She grabbed her stuff. Dad grabbed his stuff. Mom, okay, now look. Mom looked like a skier. Mama dressed like a skier, but mama never left last. She just stayed in the lodge, read a book, and had hot chocolate ready, all right? 
But her and her daddy, they went up the lift, came down the hill. Went up the lift, came down. It gets dark quick up there in the wintertime. So dad said we can only go halfway. When they were going halfway, they were coming down the hill. All of a sudden, the dad was in front of his daughter. But he heard her go, ha! When he hit his brakes and turned, she was laying by a tree. Now she had a helmet on. Safety first. But her skis got crossed and she bumped her head. And they couldn't wake her up. They called an ambulance. They brought a sled. They put her on it, took her down the hill, put her in an ambulance, took her to the hospital. If we fast forward three hours, a doctor comes through two double doors that says, do not enter. He walks in and looks at Tara's mom and dad and says, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do. In one hour, they will turn off the machine. And your baby will die. Sorry for now. Now, if you don't understand Tara... Then maybe you'll understand Heather. Everybody say Heather. All right. Now, Heather, she had five brothers, and she's one of another sister. And, and so there were seven kids, and, and her dad was a neurosurgeon. He worked for seven different hospitals. And for seven months, he did his job. Then he took a month off, and they went on vacation. They went on the best vacations ever. But then he would pack his bags, and he would go to the continent of Africa. Somebody hit your neighbor and say, this is good right here. Come on, come on. Hit your other neighbor and say, this is really good, really good, all right? When he went to Africa, he would do surgery on people with HIV AIDS that doctors in Africa won't even touch. So he literally was saving lives that would die because he put his life at risk. But not only that, when he got there, he would meet with the family before the surgery. And he says, you know, wondering why is an American here doing surgery on your relatives? Because I'm here to save their life for the second time. And when I'm done and tell you they're going to be good, I'm going to tell you who did it the first time. That was his way of being a witness. Tell me now, that ain't good. You know people going to listen when you save their daddy's life. It was awesome. It was awesome. And she wanted to be just like her daddy. So she went to med school. She did all the things she had to do, and she became a surgeon to the point to where she got to pack her bags and go to Africa and tell the story of Jesus. One day in Africa, she had finished. She knew he would be another hour and a half. So she went to get him dinner. When she came back, he shouldn't have been done, but he came out of his room, his surgical room. He didn't even recognize her at first. Because he was focusing on his right hand. He took the glove off and the blood came pouring out. He had accidentally cut himself while doing surgery on a man highly infected with HIV AIDS. If you know anything, it's transferred through fluid. And so now he has to take this medicine so potent. He was allergic. They didn't know. Now the medicine that was supposed to heal him was trying to kill him. She knew she had to get him back to America. There was a flight from Johannesburg to Atlanta. He was in 21A. She was in 21B. She kept taking his vitals, but all her medicine knowledge told her that he was going to die somewhere across the Atlantic. When he fell asleep and the plane took off, she went to the bathroom, locked herself, and started begging God to save her daddy. Now, if you don't understand Tara and you don't understand Heather, I, I, I'm sorry. I got to say, you should see the look on. Everybody's like, Where's my pastor? <laughs> this isn't good. <laughs> but you got to understand. You got to understand. If you don't understand Tara, you don't understand Heather, maybe you'll understand this little boy. There's a little boy in the first grade. They had parent-teacher conference. I hate parent-teacher conference. If you hate that day, clap your hands. I hate that day. Now we know who made bad grades, all right? This little boy, he, he was the first one for the parents to meet the teacher. Both his mom and dad showed up. They sit down. The teacher talked for five minutes. When it was over, they walked outside. When they got outside, the little boy noticed something. All his friends were with their parents. All his friends' parents were young. 
But his parents were like, old. And the little boy's thinking, why are they old? But he waited until he got in the car. He's in the back seat, they're in the front seat. So he yelled to the front seat, hey, why y'all old? Don't ever do that, all right? Look at me, little girl. Don't ever do that. When they got home, mom and dad said, we got to talk. So they put him at the kitchen table to have a talk. Anybody ever been to the kitchen table to have a talk? If you haven't, don't go. Hey, little girl, if you don't smell food, run, girl, run, okay? When they sit down, the dad started. He said, son, there's a plan for your life. The mom looked at the boy, started crying, and said, I'm sorry. The mama cried so hard that the dad moved chairs, held his wife, finally calmed her down, said, tell him. And the mom said, baby, I'm sorry. I'm old because I'm not your mom. And the father whispered, I'm not your father. The little boy grew up in foster care his entire life. He, she kept, kept crying. And the dad said, tell him. She said, you have a brother. His name is Keith. You have two sisters, Annette and Jeanette. Your mom kept your brother. Your mom kept both your sisters. I'm sorry, baby, but your mama said that you were a mistake and she hated the day that you were born. So she gave you away. But we love you so much. And the little boy said, I'm all right, mom. He lied. Because, see, from eight years old to 21, all he wanted to do was die. If you don't understand those three stories, you already did. Now, don't get so depressed because I'm about to turn this little boat around. Matter of fact, this is going to be so good. I got to use my white hanky because I'm going to sweat a little more than I normally do because this is really good. We're only halfway, all right? So can I just go ahead and finish this? Okay. Everybody touch your neighbor and say, here we go. Touch your other neighbor and say, here we go. Okay, let's back up. Hey, you remember Tabor, right? You remember what's happening with Tabor? You know where she is? She's on the machine. They're going to turn it off in an hour. Well, the doctor, he didn't wait an hour. He came 20 minutes. Now, listen, when he walked up, that mom, she met him outside. She went, no, you said one hour. He said, ma'am, listen to me. I tried to find something good in even the most horrible situations. I've been 20 minutes on the computers searching. I found something. There's a girl in Phoenix, Arizona. She'll be dead in seven days. She needs a new heart, and she's a perfect match to your daughter. I'm sorry, but I have to ask you, can I have your baby's heart so this little girl can live? I can give you 10 minutes, but I got to move fast. He walks away. He comes back like in nine minutes. She looks at him outside in the hall, and she goes, promise me, one year from today, I can meet the man, I can meet the woman, I can meet their daughter. Promise me. I don't care what rules you have. I'll let you do this, but promise me. He said, I promise, I promise. Fast forward one year. Instead of going skiing with their little girl, a mom and dad get on a plane in Dallas, and they go to Phoenix, Arizona. At the carousel to get their luggage, the doctor from Denver shows up. They're like, what are you doing? He says, hey, I got a rental car. I want to take you to their house. Put them in the car, and they drove to the house. When they pull up in front of the house, there's a mom and dad outside waiting. You know why? Because look, if somebody saves your child's life, you don't let them knock on your door. You meet them in the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? 
They step out. Everybody's crying. Even the doctor's crying. He goes, let's go in. Let's meet her. When they opened the door to go in the house, the doctor had already been there. He hooked this girl up to a monitor, the speakers. When they opened the front door, the whole house, all you could hear was boom, 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 boom. This little girl's heart just banging away. Mom and dad are crying. They're hugging this little girl. The little girl says, thank you for saving my life. Don't y'all get it. It's a picture of who God is with his son, Jesus, and us. We were born in sin. We're living in sin, and we're supposed to die in sin. But Jesus made a way. And all you got to do is let him. And he'll take your sinful heart and give you Jesus. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, oh, it's getting good now. Oh, but wait, I ain't done yet. Hey, you remember Heather? You know where she is, right? She's in the bathroom on Delta Airline trying to pray for her daddy. All of a sudden, somebody's knocking on the bathroom door. Who knocks on a bathroom door when it says occupy when she opened the door, three men are standing there. Oh, I love this. <laughs> they look at her and they go, you all right? You've been in here an hour and a half. We're all three doctors. If you need help, we can help you. And she literally told him a story about her dad cutting himself. She's a doctor. How he got in the medicine. He had a bad effect. And she's trying to get him, but the vitals are low. All three doctors started laughing. Who laughs at that? Now, she's from Atlanta, so she started taking her earrings off. She was ready to throw. Y'all know what I'm saying? Oh, there's some good old people up in here, all right? All of a sudden, one of the doctors goes, no, ma'am, you don't understand. Okay, this makes me really excited, all right? She goes, you don't understand. We're not just doctors, and there's not just three of us. There's 99 of us. The World AIDS Conference is in Atlanta this week. The medicine that your dad needs is in my bag. I'm going to be honest. That what you did was a golf clap or mighty white of you. All right? All right? So if it's all right, can I just break it down brother style? They could have been on any plane at any time at any moment. Okay, for example, they could have been on a plane with a bunch of clowns going to Atlanta for a clown convention, but they were not bearded, man. They could have been on a plane with a bunch of plumbers who need to pull up their pants and say no to crack, but they were not, my sister. They were on the right plane at the right time. You're at the right church at the right time. It's your day to be healed. It's your day to be freedom. This is your day. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, all right, all right, all right. Oh, God's good, isn't he? I'm pretty, I'm not, I know, you guys. Sometimes I need to get excited about this. <laughs> but if you don't understand those two, there's only one left. That little boy was so sad. He used to always ask, why my mama give me away? What did I do? He was 12 years old, 3 o'clock in the morning. The little boy decided to take his life. He started crying and his bedroom door opened. His foster care dad walked in. Foster care dad said, son, are you all right? And the boy said, What's, what are you doing? And the dad said, I heard you crying. So I thought I'd come in and see if you're okay. The boy says, but dad, your room's on the other end of the house. And the dad said, son, every day you do the same thing. When you come home from school, you tell me a story about something that happened. You haven't told me a story in three days. So I knew something was wrong. So I decided to be close. So I slept at your door. But that's not all. You see, every day you hug your mama and tell her you love her. <laughs> you haven't hugged your mom in three days. So we knew something was wrong. So I decided to sleep by your door. But what really told me something was wrong is 
every day after you hug your mom, you go in the kitchen and hug your refrigerator and say, I love you. You ain't hugged the refrigerator in three days. He said, Reggie, what's wrong? Oh, my, my name's Reggie. My mom slept with a man for $20 to get food for my brother and sisters when her husband left. I'm the result of that $20 bill. I understand why she gave me away. Hey, but that's okay. I was suicidal from 8 to 21, but I'm not 21. I'm 55, but I look good because black don't crack. Oh, man. This whole sermon is proving that I'm Pastor Freddie's friend, isn't it? Yeah, yes, y'all belong together. <laughs> but you know what it is? It's God. I love him so much. Hey, y'all, you ready for this? My, my real mom, I understand. But she did something pretty cool. She gave me away to her favorite teacher at school. I was raised by my mom's 10th grade English teacher, whose husband was the school janitor. <laughs> And they raised me until the day they died. Oh, I never told you who I am. I'm not a preacher, y'all. My name's Reggie. Reggie Dad. According to CNN News, I'm the number one communicator to young people in the world. I speak to 1.5 million public school students every year face to face. And guess what? You're going to help me get in schools in Houston. Because kids need hope. Hey, look. I'm not able to say the name of Jesus. I don't have to. I just tell every kid. You know what I tell them? I look at them and I say, y'all don't know what I'm doing. At the end of my assembly program, I say, y'all don't know what I'm doing. At the end of the sermon, I'm telling you, you don't know what I'm doing. You know what I'm doing, right? I'm sitting by your door. And they only gave me 35 minutes to sit by your door. And I just came to say what I say in public schools. I love you. Friday, I was in Jessup, Georgia. They had four suicides in a week. I drove all night from Kentucky to get there. When I said, I just came to tell you I love you. In a school of 2,900 students, about four brothers, football players, jumped up and ran on the gym floor, grabbed me and hugged me. By the time I opened my eyes and looked up, 2,900 students were on the gym floor trying to hug me. Hey, look, look. You know what it is. It ain't Reggie. It's people need hope. And today, I just wanted to bring you hope. But I want to pray for you before we leave. Somebody's going through a hard time. And you can do this. The Bible says, if you declare me before men, I'll declare you before my Father in heaven. So I'm simply going to start at the number 15 and go down to zero. If you're struggling with a situation, if there's hurt and pain in your life, can I pray for you before we go home? All you got to do is stand. Somebody's like, why are you making me stand? Well, when Jesus healed people, he said, go show the priest. Go tell them. Go do this. It's a sign of saying, I ain't leaving this room the way I came in Jesus' name. So if you need prayer, whatever the situation, all you got to do is stand. 15, 14, 13, 12, 11. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Wow. 
helping you? If you get to sit today, well, next Sunday, you may be the one standing. So could you help me just jump up and lay hands on somebody by you? Or if you're standing and the person beside you standing, but say, I'm going to pray for you, you pray for me. Say, if it's your whole family, say, we in this thing together, y'all. I'm going to say a prayer for you. Jesus, I pray that you would answer the cry of their heart. God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would speak hope. God, where there need to be hope. God, I pray that you would give someone the peace that they need. Before the answer even becomes a reality, let them feel you, Jesus, right now. Let them know that they can make it. Let them know that you're here, you're on their side, that you will make a way out of no way. You will turn their darkness into day. God, be the peace. Be their hope. In Jesus' name. Everybody do me a favor. Hug three people and say, everything's going to be all right. Hey, I got two minutes. Can I do something in two minutes? Man, y'all are hugging church. Good Lord. Everybody look this way. Bow your head, close your eyes. This will only take two minutes, but eternity is waiting for this moment. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says, if you declare me before men, you know, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Can I ask you a simple question this morning? Do you know him? Did you walk in this room with sin? If you did, it's all right. This is one of those churches where you can do that. But this is also a church where you don't have to leave the way you came. There's a prayer we're going to pray. It's asking Jesus to be Lord of our life. Don't think that you're separate from us. Because the Bible says in, in Romans that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. But even better, you know what it says in Romans? For all have sinned. For all have fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody's better, but everyone can be saved. So this prayer is the salvation prayer. Just say it with me loud and strong. Everybody's going to do it. Saints, help the sinner. Sinner, help yourself. If you walked in here with sin in your life, this is your moment to give your life to Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sin. Today I realize I need you in my life. I don't know why you would love me. You know what I've done wrong, but you still let me say these words. So I'm saying, Jesus, be my Savior. Forgive me of my sin. And in Jesus' name, I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you came in this church with sin in your life and you said that prayer and you meant it, I want you on the count of three to just wave at me. And when I wave back, you can put your hand down. One, two, three, go. Go, go, go. Awesome, 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 awesome. That's good. That's good. Jesus, I pray that this would be the day that we never look back again. And thank you, Jesus, because of you, everything's going to be all right. God bless you.